up next on Moody Presents with Dr. Mark Job. Some of you, as I talk today, you are between the old life and the new life. You're, you're riding the fence right now. You're looking over the fence saying, yeah, I want it, but I'm not sure I want to let go of this. I'm, I'm, I'm edging toward it, and boy, are you awful. You're stuck between the old life and the new life. How much do you really need God? His touch, His Word, His life in you. You know, when things are going well, we sometimes don't recognize just how desperately we need Him, right? Hi, and welcome to Moody Presents with Dr. Mark Job. He's president of Moody Bible Institute and founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm John Geiger, thankful that you've connected with us as we hear a great message equipping us to stay on target with God. Now, last week, we met up with Bartimaeus. He's the blind man described in Mark chapter 10. And we observed how he was able to get unstuck from his condition. One of the lessons we encountered is the importance of not letting people discourage the intensity of our pursuit of God. Pastor Mark outlines now two more concepts that can help us get unstuck. Here he is with today's edition of Moody Presents. I don't know, maybe when you got serious about God, some people started talking to you and saying, you know, you're a little bit fanatic here, aren't you? I don't know if anybody here has been called a fanatic. If anybody here, your family member feels like, well, you're a little overboard. You're going to church again? Weren't you there just last Sunday? Oh, you're one of the little holy roller people now, huh? Hey, what's going on with you? It's good that you believe in God, but aren't you getting like a little too into this God stuff? I mean, you're talking about it. It's on the radio. You're reading books. You're praying. It seems like you're really into this God thing. Maybe you need to cool it a little bit. Some people around you, when you say, I'm going to fast and pray, people will say, what, you're going to what? Don't you think you may starve to death? I mean, isn't that a little intense? Because there's some people around you, as you start getting serious about the things of God, some people around you that will try to discourage your earnest pursuit of God. In fact, there may be some people around you that when you really get sincere about things of God, they may be a little bit embarrassed by your passion and enthusiasm. Uh, They're not sure they want you to pray at the family meal because you may be a little too into it. Uh, They're not sure they want you to talk about spiritual things around the family because you seem a little bit extreme like you're really, really into it. They avoid the topic altogether. They want you to be calm. They don't want... Some of us are afraid of really intensely, with all of our heart, pursuing the heart of God. Can I tell you something, though? The Bible makes this clear all over Scripture. Jeremiah 29, 13. God says via the prophet, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You see, when you get serious about God, when you want God more than you want food, when you want God more than you want to see American Idol. When you want God more than anything else, when you are serious about it, intent about it, when you really hunger for God and your heart desires God in a deep way, 
The Bible says that when you seek him with all of your heart, that is when God responds. That's when God shows up. That's when God says, I finally found someone that really wants me. There's a lot of people that kind of want God a little bit, but they don't want God to make their life too uncomfortable. You know what makes us intense about our our, our seeking God? We all desperately need God. Do you know that? We all really need God, but we don't all know we really need God. Usually what makes us really know we need God is a crisis. It's a crisis. You see, every single person here needs God to live, to survive, to breathe. It's the mercy of God that keeps you alive, breathing, living. But here's what I want you to understand. That oftentimes it's crisis in our life that magnifies our need for God. We need Him as desperately now as we do in crisis, but crisis magnifies our need for Him. Bartimaeus was more intense than the rest of the crowd because he saw his need more. I'm wondering right now in your life how much you really think you need God. I mean, really. Oh, I know you want God. You're here. You're worshiping. I'm glad you came. But really, if you're honest with me, how much do you really need Him? His touch, His word, His life in you. You see, because if we're not careful, things are going well in life, we don't really know how much we need. Although we're all in desperate need of Him. But I believe that God shows up when people are seeking Him with all of their heart. In fact, I believe that some people really resist showing how much they need God, especially men. There are some people, some of you men that I've talked to, and you've told me, hey, I've had to walk out of that church. Why? Why did you walk out? Because I felt like I was going to start to cry, and I had to walk out because you don't want to show that God is working in your life. Some of us are afraid to show how much we really need God. But I love what Bartimaeus did. Bartimaeus, the more people told him to quiet down, the more people told him to not be so loud, not seek God so intensely, the more it fed his desire to seek God. And he called out louder and he he pursued God the way he knew how to pursue God. He wasn't... He didn't care what people thought about him. His only desire was to get the attention of God. Listen, when you stop caring what other people think and you start caring more about what God thinks about you than what other people think about you, then you've crossed a huge line. I had someone come to me this morning, a brother with tears in his eyes, and he said, hey, pastor, I just want to tell you, I've been attending this church for about a year he says, you know what? God really touched me this morning. It's the first time I've ever been to that altar for prayer. He said, God really touched my heart. The second thing that I want you to understand, I'm talking about how to get out of our area of being stuck. The second thing I want you to understand is this, is that you must come to Jesus with the expectation that you will never return to your old life. Uh, Notice what happens here in this passage. It says that many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And then it says, and I love this, it says that Jesus, 
in this big crowd of people on a mission. He knew that he was headed to Jerusalem. He knew that the cross awaited him. The Bible says that Jesus stopped. What stops God? Hey, God is busy, has a lot of things. He's always in motion. But the question I ask is what causes God to stop? What halts God? What makes God say, hold on? I'm on a mission. I'm going somewhere, but stop. Let me tell you what stops God. What stops God is a heart that is sincerely seeking Him. It stops Him in His tracks. And He looks around. He hears the voice. He can't see Him because the man is sitting on a blanket. Everybody's standing. He's sitting on a blanket. Jesus stops and He says, bring Him to me. His disciples, they run around, they find Bartimaeus, and listen to what they tell him. They say, so they called the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. I'm sure some people around Bartimaeus were thinking, I should have been screaming too. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. Now here's the other thing I want to point out to you. This, you may just uh, slide over this concept here, but I want to just mention it to you. It says, throwing his cloak aside. Have you ever been around a homeless person? Do you know how dearly a homeless person hangs on to their cloak or their coat? It's like their home. Have you ever seen those? It's in the middle of summertime, and, you know, a homeless person has a big downy jacket on, big burly cap, and you're like, ha. They have to be hot, just like I'm kind of hot here this morning too, huh? Why? Because for a homeless person, that's what they sleep in. That's their comfort. That's their life. That, that brings security to their life. This man, think about it. This man stood up and threw his cloak aside. Now, have you asked yourself why he threw his cloak aside? Why would he take one of the few possessions in life that he had and throw it aside? Why didn't he take it with him? Why didn't he fold it up and say, hold on, let me fold my blanket and meet you? Why did he throw it aside? I believe I know why he threw it aside. I believe he threw it aside because he knew I'm leaving an old life behind. I'm never coming back to that. I have an expectation that I am entering a new season of life and I'm never going back to what I used to be again. That old thing, that's part of my past. Thank you, Pastor Mark. And we'll get back to the second half of today's message in just a minute. As a reminder, you're listening to the last message in our series here on Moody Presents called Bullseye Living, Staying on Target with God. At MoodyPresents.org, you can hear it all again. In fact, you can hear any past message at MoodyPresents.org. And while you're there, check out the many ministries of the Moody Bible Institute. Some great links there, including publishing our graduate and undergraduate programs. You can also sign up to receive the Today in the Word daily devotional, all at moodypresents.org. Well, we are all at different places in our faith journey, that's for sure. Are you like Bartimaeus, ready to leave it all behind and take a bold step with Christ? Here's Mark Job with the conclusion to today's message on Moody Presents. 
You see, some of us, we need to have that kind of faith. I believe that some of us jump out of the boat like Peter did, and we hold on to the edge of the boat. We say, here I come, Jesus. But, but, but you don't fully let go. You're hanging on to the past. I think some of us need to have the faith of the blind man, Bartimaeus, where he throws away his cloak, and he says, I'm leaving it behind because I'm never going back to it. God gets a hold of your life and you come to the altar and you say, Pastor, God's got a hold of me. Man, I'm leaving my old life behind. Man, I used to, there was a girl that I was with and, and, and she's no good for me. I'm no good for her. We just were using each other. Man, I'm over that. I'm giving my life to Christ completely. Great. Have you called her up and told her? Well, not yet. <laughs> Why not? Well, just in case. Just in case what? Well, just in case it doesn't work out, you know, I have to have something to... Oh, wait a second. You see, faith says, take the step completely. You know what the Greeks used to do? History tells us that the Greek armies, when they were invading a new land, they would, uh, they would arrive on the shores of that new land, and the armies would uh, disembark onto that territory, and the very first command that the Greek officer would give is burn the boats. And they would set a torch to their boats because they wanted the army to know there is no going back. We are here to stay. We're here to conquer. This is a new season in life. There's no retreat. We can't look back and say, let me keep the safety net there. We're going forward. It's a new season. It's a new life. And there is no going back. I believe that Jesus, many of us in life, we don't go forward because we're still hanging on to the past and God is saying, move on. Move on. It's, all, it's called a new season. Bartimaeus got up. He threw, his blanket, he threw his blanket behind. It was a symbol. I'm not going back to my old life. I'm not going back there. It's a new season in my life. I'm tearing up that old black book with all those names because I'm not going back. Listen, I'm getting out of this because I'm going into a new season. Even if I wanted to go back, I can't even go back. I'm moving forward in faith, not going back ever to where I was before. I'm moving forward in a sense of expectation. Some of you, as I talk today, you are between the old life and the new life. You're, you're riding the fence right now. You're looking over the fence saying, yeah, I want it, but I'm not sure I want to let go of this. I, I'm, I'm edging toward it, and boy, are you awkward. God, I want to step forward. Okay, all right. You're stuck between the old life and the new life. Some of you like what you see. You're hearing about it. There's a sense of faith. You're, you're dabbling in the new life, but you've never made the plunge. You've never totally said, all right, I'm going. You're afraid to completely let go and totally go God's way. Some of you are afraid because you're not sure what God's going to ask of you. The third thing I want you to understand out of this passage is this. You must come to a point or place where you can speak out in faith your need before God. So finally, Bartimaeus comes before Jesus. He says, call him, cheer up. He brings the blind man, Bartimaeus, comes right before Jesus. And I love this. Look what Jesus says to him. What do you want me to do for you? Now, does that strike you as a strange question? He's blind? It's obvious? 
He comes before Jesus. Hello? Healing? Sight? Here's the thing. Anytime Jesus asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. Because he always knows the answer to everything. But if Jesus asks a question, it's because he wants us to learn something through the interrogative process. He's asking him a question so that he will learn something or do something that he's unwilling to do up until this time. Jesus is leading them to the next level. Do you know there's a difference between believing something in your heart and being able to speak it with your mouth? How many of you know that you crossed a line, sort of a new line, when you had feelings for your fiancé and the day that you said, I love you, was a new season? How many of you know that? How many of you believed in God and were getting close to God, but the, time, the day you said, God, I give you my life, and you spoke it out with your mouth publicly, how many of you know you crossed a new line? You see, I have big, burly, strong guys that are all about their girlfriend and put their arm around them and cuddly and this and that and honey and slap her on the rear end and she's my woman and all this. And, 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 and want everybody to know she's my girl, you know, she belongs to me, we're together. I mean, we've been together for a long time. And then finally the day comes, I say, well, marry her, would you? And then these big, strong, burly, tough guys, their knees start shaking in a ceremony where they have to say, I do. And they about to pa they pass out, and they're nervous. Why? Because they're about to say something with their lips that makes them committed like never before. Now, I always tell these big guys, hey, I don't care if you, if you pass out or not. We're going to prop you up, slap you up a little bit, you know, give you some time. But you're not going to get out of it just by passing out. Don't worry about that. So we're going to go forward and through with this thing, no matter if you pass out or what happens to you. But what, what's the deal? The deal is I'm finally going public with some words, words of commitment. I felt it in my heart, but now I'm speaking it publicly with my mouth, and there's a line we cross. It tells us in Scripture, in, in Romans chapter 10, it tells us that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with the heart that you believe and are justified, but it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. You see, what... what, what Paul is telling us is that some people believe, but if you don't believe enough to speak it, you probably haven't believed enough. Don't give me this stuff about, well, I believe in my heart and got my own walk with God and God knows my heart. But let me ask you this. I'm, I'm all happy with that. That's great. But you know what the Bible says? Unless you're willing to declare it with your mouth and you haven't believed enough. It's not just a private thing. It's a public thing. Just like marriage is not a private thing, it's a public thing. If you're really serious about marriage, you're going to go public with it. You're going to say, I do, in front of a whole bunch of people. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you cannot be a private closet Christian. You have to come to the point in your life where you come out of the closet and you make a public decision and you say, I do 
follow Jesus Christ and I profess it with my mouth that he is Lord of my life. I don't keep it to myself. It's not a private thing. It's a public thing. You cross a line when you do that. Jesus was having Bartimaeus cross a line of faith. And he said to Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do? And for the first time in his life, Bartimaeus said, I want you to give me sight. He just spoke in faith something that God had put in his heart, something that had driven him. But for the very first time in his life, he's speaking the need in his life and looking to Jesus to say, Jesus, I believe you're the one that can meet this need. He's speaking it out to God. And God responds when that happens. Something changed in the spiritual realm. Something happened in the spiritual realm that had never happened before. Suddenly, he's speaking something in faith and God is meeting him where his request is, it's specific, it's real. I need you to change me, God, specifically in this area. You see, that's the way faith is. Now notice what Jesus says. The blind man said, Rabbi, the word here in the Greek is Rabboni, which is not just teacher. It's sort of a souped-up form of teacher. It means teacher and Lord, Rabboni. I want to see. Jesus simply says to him, Go! All the eyes are on Jesus and this blind man. The crowd pauses to hold their breath. Little kids poke their head through to see the blind man. Jesus says, Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Let me ask you a question. Who healed the blind man? Jesus did. Why does Jesus say, your faith has healed you? Hear me well, this is really important. This is really important. The power of God flows via the channel of our faith. Everything good that's released from God comes via our faith. God wants to save. He wants to heal. He wants to deliver. He wants to answer prayer. It's stored up in God, ready to be released in God, but God looks for faith where it can be released into. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe, first of all, that He is, and secondly, that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Do you understand? There is nothing that is released from the hand of God without faith. Faith means that we believe it inside and are willing to speak it with our mouth and are willing to take steps out towards it because we trust God for it. This man was healed by the power of Jesus but it was released to him because he was willing to believe and have faith enough to pursue God. I want to close with this. I want you to hear me really, really well this morning. There are some of you right now that live between the transition of where you're stuck and where God wants you to go. And some of you are saying to God, God, why do you have me in this place? And God is saying to you, I don't have you in this place. You have yourself in that place. Some of you are stuck not because God wants you to be stuck. Some of you are stuck because 
you have placed yourself in a position that only God can liberate you from and God is willing and wanting to but he needs you to intensely seek him with faith believing that you can go to the next place where God has you for some of you have gotten so used to the blanket you're comfortable you think that's life you're stuck there I'll never change that's where I'm at and God is speaking to you God is making you become discontent with that blanket that you're in God is making you see the reality of that blanket it's dirty it's infested is that how you want to live forever is that really where you want to be God is saying lift up your eyes move out of this transition stop being stuck I have a new place for you if you're willing to step into it that's Mark Job. And this is Moody Presents. Our thanks to Pastor Mark for those very powerful words and a great challenge today, right? You know, as motivated as we are to take that step to move, it's a lot harder than it sounds, right? And maybe that's exactly where you're at right now. You want to move, you want to follow Christ, but you're just a little unsure, unsteady. Could I pray for you right now? Lord, there isn't a one of us who isn't somehow, somewhere stuck spiritually. We're all fallen folks, but we serve a risen Savior, a Christ who still makes blind eyes see. Would you meet us right where we are? Whisper to us by your Holy Spirit what you would have us do very specifically. We trust you. We love you. We're listening to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this concludes our series called Bullseye Living, Staying on Target with God. And we'd love to hear how these messages have encouraged you, maybe challenged you in your spiritual journey. Why not email us? Write moodypresents at moody.edu. That's moodypresents at moody.edu. Next week, we'll launch into a compelling new series from our teacher, Dr. Mark Joe. I'm John Geiger, and Moody Presents is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of the Moody Bible Institute.